Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, Each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We cars, cars, cars. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Andrew from Alexander's, you are here. Welcome to the studio. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming along. I mean, you've, you've come a long way, actually. I mean, what was your drive this morning? Horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with the UK and these roads? What, I mean, good God. I don't think anyone knows how to drive on UK motorways. Well, everyone just drifts now. Have you noticed? Wanders across lanes, yeah, sits in mis- the fast lane. Yeah. Miserable. Uh, yeah. It was, what, about four and a half hours or five hours for you? Four and a half hours. Really? Actually, for a Monday morning, it wasn't too bad for a Monday morning, to be honest. Yeah. Should where, we re- where have you come from? North Yorkshire. Right. Should we reveal what you came down in? Well, you can. <laughs> a Lamborghini Urus. Yes. <laughs> Hello. He's <laughs> coming a proper car. He's coming a proper car. Like he's he's do done you? all of us. You know what? I, I don't dislike them. I appreciate them for what they are. Because to me, what I discovered when I came up and drove that one with you mm-hmm. a year or so ago, it is a Lamborghini. That's where they've done a brilliant yeah. job, right? Like, it's a bit, uh, therefore, that's probably why I don't really like it because I'm not a huge modern Lambo fan. But it is stayed true to what Lamborghini is all about, in, in my opinion. It's brash, it's shouted, it's in your face. How often do you drive it flat out and how often do you cruise in it? Well, I mean, I've had six Euruses now. I was just telling you this morning, wasn't I, Tony? <laughs> Unbelievable. And I've pro- I bet I've done probably nearly more miles than most in Euro- over across them all because I use them virtually every day. And I would say, because when it's in Strada, it's like being in a Ranger of it. It, the, the, it is that good that most of the time I am just tootling around. Okay. But put it into Corsa when, you, when you're in the mood or it's a Sunday or whatever, or you've got my young son in the car and it's, you know, it's special. A car is special. It can achieve a lot. And I remember, Tony, you went on a Lamborghini sort of customer trip, didn't you, years ago, just when the US had come out and none of us had really driven it. And you'd followed it in, I can't remember, were you Perth. in your Performante? Perth, yeah. And I remember you coming back from that trip and saying, we were following this car and it was flat, as in the body roll was yeah. just flat through all of these corners at high speed. And you yeah. were impressed from outside the yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. And then we went in it as well and we really understood. It, it's literally a supercar jacked up. It is a, It's definitely the best... SUV you can buy if you like to drive it's definitely the best SUV you can buy previously I would have said a McCann was but the Eurus you know is definitely 
the best. Well, I, I I actually I did I was doing a track day at Croft two two years ago, and I was there in a GT3, and it rained, but I'd actually driven there in my Urus. So at lunchtime, I thought, well, I'll give it a go. And you and you know, normally when you put a normal car on track, it just goes flappy, and it just no matter Straight. how good they say it is, they're rubbish, aren't they? Yeah. I put this car on track, and I'm not kidding you, it it was amazing. Yeah. There was GT3s. I, I, I was. I was overtaking them, AMG GTRs. Could you imagine being them. in a GT3 and a Urus coming flying around your outside? You'd be fuming, wouldn't in you? Wet, in the wet, in, in the fairness, it, it was yeah, wet. But I, I comes I got, to the defence of GT3s. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I got back mm. and and there was one guy. Do you know Supercar Nigel? He gave me a standing ovation from the pits. The brakes were steaming. <laughs> but that car, because the rear wheel steering, I, I could get loads of oversteer coming out of corners. I mean. What four-wheel drives can you get massive oversteer coming down the pit straight? I mean, come on. Well, maybe we're going to discuss that because we've been teasing it for a while, but today is our SUV special, an episode kind of dedicated to all things SUV. Mainly because, Andrew, I feel like you are... Mr. SUV, ever since we... That's the first time I've been called that, but I'll take it. (laughs) Ever since we first met, or every time we've chatted, you've always been, I think, flying the flag for the big, punchy SUVs that Tony and I often are a little bit rude about on this podcast. You wonder, you you like them, or but but we often say, what's the point in them? Like, the Carrera Turbo GT Cayenne XY4C. You're as competitor, that is. Yeah, Yeah. but I mean, we. I think when, when that launched, we were both like, why? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. So don't suddenly just, you know, because Andrew's here, you're trying to impress him and be like, oh, no, no. I, I like them. <laughs> I mean, I do like them. I, 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 I tend to half agree that if you're going to, if you, if you've got, if you're going to go and get an SVR, what's wrong with a normal, normal sport? Because nine times out of 10, it's, it, it's the same. I mean, how fast can you go in this country? In general. Well, I mean, but that applies to all cars, right? We can go down that conversation with GT4 versus GTS and, you know, let's not get fired up about that again. But um, <laughs> anyway, we're going to be discussing it all. We're going to be going into the sort of, you know, the, the world of SUVs, discussing what we think are the best, what are the sort of most underrated, what are the forgotten, what are the worst, maybe the overrated. Um, and it's all going to kind of kickstart. And it's as if we plan this perfectly, guys, with the launch of the new Range Rover. Ooh. I mean, the ultimate way to kickstart our SUV special with the launch of, of maybe the king of SUVs, if we're taking the breakdown of sports utility vehicle, a Range Rover, I think they declared themselves as the original influencer, right? That's how they like launched that new car. We're back with the original influencer. When I went to the launch, I was quite shocked for them to say, it's only the fourth gen, or maybe the fifth generation. Have there been four? Five. Five. So this, this is the fifth, right? Yeah. That's actually not that many iterations no. of such an iconic car. Ten-year cycles, though, mate. Ten-year cycles. Yeah. I think Rolls-Royce is probably the only other brand that limit their cycles that much. Maserati right? be another one. Well, for other well. reasons, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not always through choice. <laughs> La- Lamborghini as well, um, with, with the Ventador, with the big V12 cars. Yes, yeah. okay, fine. But yeah. I think, you know, Range Rover being such a popular and iconic car and in a sort of uber competitive space you know when you've got things like mercedes and bmw so that have been churning out new models every two or three years on new versions i just would have in my head i thought there'd been more range rovers but i guess the sport maybe was part of that and but it's why they make so many different variations of land rover range rover now i mean when you look down the line i mean the list is endless mate from top to bottom you know starting with a vogue finishing a 
Discovery Sport. Yes, that's <laughs> rack our brains there, didn't yeah. we? <laughs> okay, so Mr. SUV, Andrew, yes. <laughs> what what are your feelings about Range Rovers? In big Range Rovers, not the sports. So big Range Rovers. Have you been a fan? Are you a fan? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh. Do you ask him that from a business point of view or from a personal point of view? I think because he is both. a motor dealer. He's a, of course, of right. course, but. I'm, uh, he's also a huge SUV fan, hence why he's here. Yeah. So feel free to add in some insights saying, I loved them, but they're awful to sell, which is what Tony seems to do weekly. But yeah, just as an individual, are you a Range Rover kind of guy? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, they're the best at what they do, aren't they? I mean, it's as simple as that. I think, I think with the product that they've got, if only they could get the quality right and them stop going wrong, I don't think, providing you can afford one, there'd ever be another car that you'd ever want. Yeah, I mean, How many times have I said that? Mm-hmm. You know, they literally, do. I, I would have one. I mean, we went through a point because my wife's got a Discovery and I had SVRs at the time. I mean, literally, we, we would drive along and both of us would be stressed senseless because something was going wrong with our car at the time. But yeah. if it wasn't for that, for sure, I'd probably still be driving a Ranger over now. It, it, it's amazing because of that 10-year cycle, you know, in that 10 years, I think the SUV sort of, market has changed completely or the scene at least you know because when that last iteration came out yes it was the really the obvious but almost the only choice to do everything super luxury incredible off-road capabilities uh sort of great on-road presence you know but sort of also class you know all of these different things driven by royalty but also bob from the corner shop um and then (laughs) then that that whole space became so much more competitive. And we've seen things like Cullinan, DBX, Eurus, uh, X5, blah, blah, X7, you know, all these different things. So Range Rover needed to do this, right? They needed to answer the competition, Tony, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, Ra- Range Rover don't compete with Cullinan. Um, Why not? You're, it's a different level of money, mate. I mean, Range Rover compete with an X7, uh, GLS, Merc. I, th- well, I, know, I, I, yeah, I think I Range Rover competes with, like, anything at the top end. I think the only reason you don't have a Cullinan or something, because you can't go shooting. Well, people do, but if you t- tip up sh- shooting or something in a Cullinan, you get laughed up. You get laughed up. Yeah, everyone's like, everyone's like, oh, come Different on, man. Different money, though, isn't it? I mean, a Cullinan's 300-odd grand. I mean, a range, I mean, at that point, why isn't everyone in Rangers? Why do people even bother buying Cullinans and, and Bentaygas and? But I think it does compete, though. It's, I think I think it's one of the few cars that, even though it's in a different price point, maybe it, in terms of quality, yeah, maybe it. in terms of quality, it does compete. Maybe it's only a bad snobbery thing, mate. Like because you can't, I, I firstly I would bet an SV Range Rover, the new top one. I bet that's going to get to two fifty, two six. Uh, if you tick everything, I bet that's going to be an expensive car. Over two hundred, yeah, yeah. Uh, over two hundred easily. Oh, you'd need your head testing. Yeah, you would, but it, it's possible for sure. So you're saving a hundred grand on a Cullinan. But you're probably getting equivalents, and we'll dive into what this new Range Rover's got, but you're getting equivalent levels of tech and luxury and things like that in the newer Range Rover. Probably more now. Yeah, probably more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and therefore, all you're not getting is the, oh, I've got a, I've got a Cullinan, which actually can sometimes be a good thing. <laughs> but I think people with, I mean, there's certain people with real money that actually don't want the stereotype. You're, I mean, every, everybody's different, isn't it? So we can't stay with it. But I think the like real money out there, they want to tip up somewhere and actually not be known. So, you know, if you've got a country estate and you go into the local shops and you employ 50 people in the village because of, of your shooting and everything such as that, you, you want to turn up in a Green Ranger or if you turn up in anything else, they'll be like, oh, there's that landowner that's and a that, bit of a knob. And that's, exa- <laughs> and that's exactly what I'm saying. We've said it many times. It, it's the golf of the SUV world, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. and it, and it, it and it's almost become a little bit understated now. In for that reason, 
which is why I, I think it doesn't compete with the real big boys for that reason. Okay, I see what you're saying in that sense. I, I, I would still put it in that top level range because I think the ultimate top Range Rover is class leading as a as a, and as SUV. Well, it's a bargain a, then. I mean, everyone... Agreed. Everyone just go and buy a Range Rover then. But we know that's not the world that we live in. <laughs> you know, like we, we, we know that's not the world. We live. There are plenty of bargains out there. Get an R8, don't get a Hurricane. Like, you know, but that just doesn't happen, does it? Because people want the Lamborghini. Um, so a few facts and stats about that new Range Rover, which really impressed me. Um, uh, of course, as we know, electric and hybrid versions are, are sort of, you know, going to be the forefront in a few years' time. But 2024. Yeah, thank you. Um, but <laughs> boring. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> we love EVs on here. <laughs> but they've really focused on the sort of, yeah, the luxe and the lifestyle. So the thing that I picked up on more than anything is the in-cabin experience they seem to have focused on. And really in reducing noise, and speaking of Cullinan, this is something that Rolls-Royce always fly the flag on whenever I've done new Phantom or Cullinan. Oh, we've put padding in the tyres to reduce the road noise and all these crazy things. Range Rover have got noise-cancelling headrests. Yeah, I mean, so they're pumping out vi- you know, frequencies that reduce the sounds from outside the car. The air cabin air quality filter uh, also helps reduce noise. The weighed depth sensors help with all of these things to make it this very peaceful and quiet, serene place. Sounds to expensive be. when so, it goes wrong. Well, okay. <laughs> when it works. Yeah, first thing I said is, well, I wonder what happens when one of those doesn't work. Oh, um, disaster. Disaster. But this has definitely been the focus for them is to create this incredible environment. And I also think they've picked up on the fact that a lot of people now get chauffeur-driven mm. in Range Rovers. I feel like that's become a thing, especially mm. with the long wheelbase. And mm. you see them in and around London. Um, so that's why I think that car will always operate that top level in that kind of space. You get a range of a sport if you want something, you know, more usable, yeah. daily, etc. And I think what perhaps Range Rover have done with the Vogue, essentially, I think they've really gone after that chauffeur market. Whereas, you, you know, if you wanted something to sit in the back in, in general, previously, you'd have a uh, S-Class 7 Series or an A8. Mm. But I think people mm. have changed now because SUVs are 50% of the market now. I think people would rather be in, a, and I would rather be in a Range Rover as well, because as a percentage, that they lose a lot less money than them S-classes and A8s, and they're just as cool, they're just as nice to drive and to be in. So I think, they, I think Land Rover have purposely gone after that market as well. And I don't think the long wheelbase is just for the chauffeur market. Having the reason that I'm Mr. SUV, as you say, <laughs> is because I've got two young children. Okay. As car enthusi- as a car enthusiast. Now, in a normal short wheelbase Range Rover, with your two children, when you've got the TV screens in the back, especially when they've got the reclining seats, which the SUV... So you'd have a four-seater? So you'd have a four-seater? No, well, you can have the reclining seats and the five-seater too. Yeah. It's an option. It's actually, it's not big enough. Is really? It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. of course it's big enough for ultimate luxury. It's not, so I think even the man in the street, a long wheelbase is, yeah. is just the way to go. Yeah, if you, if you can get it. And that's the other thing, it's all about you know, as in within reason, you know, a standard Range Rover is big, but if you can get it bigger and it creates more space and opens it up for you, why not? And you're saying there's other reasons rather than just being chauffeur driven in it. But I want to pick up on something Tony just said. You said SUV is 50% of the market currently. Mm. When did that, when did that happen for both of you? So, so when I was growing up, it was all about station wagons, right? Estates, you know, that was always the vibe and still there's a, there's a, EVs and yeah, yeah. you know, and there's still a sort of part of the market that desires that, you know, we're seeing M3 wagon coming now. But when did that switch happen where SUVs, especially in this country, seem to take an absolute rise? I'm I'm asking both of you. Well, 
Shall I go? You go, mate. Yeah, uh, well, SUV, as in sports SUV, not just four-wheel drive, because otherwise you're, a, a cash guy made, yes, made the world point, of yeah. normality, if you like, uh, from a normal saloon car. For me, for me, it was the X5. Okay. In 2001, when they launched the X5, that was the first car on a monocoque chassis. Oh, hello. Not a ladder <laughs> chassis. It actually drove like a car. Okay. And for me, that was the first car that you, you could drive and enjoy and have a four-wheel drive. Because if you compared an X5 at the time to a ML Mercedes or a, a Range Rover of the time, they drove terribly. Really? Yeah, but that was the first car. And then everyone then followed suit. Okay. Range Rover Sport came out and started building the other four-wheel drives on proper uh, monocoque chassis, so like a normal car is made. And for me, that was, that was, that was when it all kicked off. And bang, it made it a bit more driver-focused. Tony, was the similar thing from your side? I, I would say that's when it kicked off, but when I think when it really, really, really caught was about 2010, when because in that 50% statistic is cash cars are included. Mm, it, it, it's the whole market. And if you go back, that's when everyone... I mean, look at Mercedes now. I mean, every every single car basically is an SUV. I mean, they probably make... 30 SUVs I mean it's unbelievable they probably make more SUVs now than they do normal cars because there's a variant for everything and they're all doing the same BMW Audi I mean I saw a Q4 the other day where's that come from well, okay, it's just another variant of another car but why <laughs> why and when did this happen right and look 2010 yeah. <laughs> I just told you no, no. after 2001 yeah. after 2001 good point uh, quite a wide variation there. Uh, but, but no that, but, but, that, but that's where if you like the Q, Q3s and q they came from the bigger SUVs yeah and yes. then they started making smaller versions of, of them didn't compact they compact SUV yeah, which is then where McCann so when it's 50% of the market it's because they build a lot more McCann's than they do Cayenne's but that had to start somewhere well i'll tell you another thing as well sorry i'll tell you another thing if if porsche had bought the mccann out at the same time or before the kn they'd have never sold kn they're they're because of like you said mccann they sell more mccann than they do anything else and then it probably is kn but i think a lot of people when the mccann come out they come out of their kn into a mccann because it was that compact SUV. That's the same though as uh, as Boxster to 911. In so much as mm. actually a, a Cayman or a Boxster is probably better than a 911, but it's a 911, so yeah. you can't. Yeah, you maybe. Know, do you really, I, I think do, the do you really want to tip up in a Macan when there's a better model already out? There's still yeah. a market for it, but what I'm saying is, I think if you had a, if you had a choice from day dot Macan Kn, I, I would think more people would would have gone into a Macan. You know, they bought a KM yeah. because there wasn't a McCann. That's what I'm well, saying. Like Range Rover, yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah, yeah. And Range Rover yeah. Sport. You know, that was my, my, my dad, who we know, uh, or at least Tony and I have discussed, owned 55 <laughs> Range Rover Sports. And had 45 um, Nicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Um, you know, for him, he never considered the Vogue because it was just too big and too much for him. He always wanted the smaller cars. So, Tony, I see where you're coming from with the McCann argument. But for as many my dads as there are in the Range Rover world, there are many out there buying the big ones and buying the big Cayennes yeah. too. But... So we understand kind of when they became more attractive, but why do you think as individuals, we've all decided that SUVs are theoretically what we want, right? And I am totally partly as part of this conversation and to blame, and we know Andrew is, because, um, you know, I'm driving around an X3. You seem to have 55 Eurises. So, <laughs> have so, you? Yeah, no, no, well, he's had eight. Or what, How oh. many did you say you had? Six. Six, sorry. I'm going to extrapolate that throughout the episode. He had 150 Eurises. <laughs> um, that'll be the title of the episode, I think. Um, but yeah, so why do you think nowadays the majority of people seem to want an SUV, not just the fact that SUVs became something that manufacturers were making. Where did that demand come from? 
Well, I, I would say is the driving position, safety, driving position. You know, that, that the first time, if you think you jumped in a Range Rover, whatever large car that was up, you actually felt safer and better, didn't you? Looking down on other people and all that, and all that kind <laughs> of thing. Tony's used to that. So, <laughs> so I My think whole that, life I've done that. No, actually, when I was a bus driver, I didn't. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I, when, I, started, when yeah. I started getting a few quid, I looked down. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> so, okay, so yeah, so driving position, the feeling that you have behind the wheel. Yeah, not just drivability, but it's just nicer to be up there, isn't it? And that's the thing is, you know, the cars aren't always, always that more practical. They don't always have more space. Um, you know, there's various things, but from a... Yeah, usability. We'll have more cubic space. Mate. More cubic space, yeah. Um, big word. <laughs> I'm not serious as I look, you know. <laughs> well, well but, but yeah, I think you're right. There's something about when you step into an SUV as a driver, it is a sort of nicer on-the-road experience, but you are foregoing usually dynamic capabilities. We'll come back to the big stuff um, soon. But yeah, you know, usually a, you know, a, a wagon or something like that is going to be more... Uh, usable, oh, sorry, more dynamic on the road. So giving up some of that. Um, and price-wise, have SUVs been more expensive traditionally or is it usually they've priced them under? So they are definitely more expensive and no more to make than a saloon car, mm. which is the biggest thing for a manufacturer. And the other thing I'd add to what Andrew said, and he is bang on, is that someone... Oh, the someone at the door. You two talk, I'll go and see who that so is. So the, 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 the big thing that I'd add to that, what you said, is... Um, they're four cars in one, mate. You yeah, know, yeah. They're, they're not. Yeah. They're not. You know, a traditional saloon car does what it does, but an SUV in general now is like uh, like mine and Sam's favourite, or well, one of our favourite all-round car, the M5. Yeah, it's yeah. Four cars in one, and 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 a, and a sports utility vehicle does all of that. But now. yeah, an X5M. So an, an M5's uh, four cars in one, but is an X5M five cars in one because because uh, got a bit put more the dog room. in it or whatever it might be. Yeah, and yeah. and as well, I think people search for you know they like the cubic space which is why in um modern suvs now i don't really see the point in it but they end up putting two seats in the back and they become seven seats so, well that's the big thing with the new range rover has got Correct. is a seven seater now yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, how, i mean they've ticked every box there every <laughs> box. long wheelbase yeah. sv seven seater it, it's, I, mean, I think they did a fantastic job of sitting down and going, what does everyone need or want? Let's just do it all. Let's well, just yeah, do it. Did you all. hear that, they, that 30,000 conversations they had with yes. customers? I mean, obviously 29,000 actually complained about the previous <laughs> one going wrong. But in terms, of, in terms of what they need, and I think yeah. they've nailed it. Have you seen the Alexa thing? Oh, yeah, so yeah, Alexa within the car. Yeah. And they were trying to display that in a little bit of a tacky way at the launch, but it I didn't worked, quite... did it? Well, <laughs> it was like sort of pre-done. It was like... Oh, he was me... very boring, that man, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know who he was. Him, bless him. But, you know, he was doing the whole... Th throughout the presentation, he's going, Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. And he goes... And now, let me speak to Alexa. It's like, if she was real, she would have responded a half an hour ago yeah, when you kept yeah, saying yeah. Alexa, Alexa. Um, but bless them for trying. Um, okay, so we sort of think we've addressed when there was this kind of upturn or why people are buying SUVs. At what point, why? Well, I know the answer to this as well. So what are you asking for? <laughs> Let's just, you know, elaborate. <laughs> uh, because now we've gone from not only SUVs being desirable, we've now got these super hyper SUVs, right? So you've got, you know, RS, Q8, and we can say it again, Eurus isn't, uh, I'm trying to think of other examples, X5Ms. Is there an X7M? No, there's not, is it? There's no, no. There will be. But even yeah. Bentayga, you could put in there. Bentayga, Bentayga sorry, thank God. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, I forgot about that. Range yeah. of Sport SVR. And so that, do we think, was primarily because people want to, you know, buy the best, buy the ultimate. Why do you make an, an M3 Anyway, why not make an X3M? Or was it because 
they actually thought, you know, people wanted the cars to be more dynamic and more capable. Is it a badge thing or is it actually creating a car that is better and usable to drive? Because I'm going to come out and say, I think even a super SUV is, well, I, just, I think it's pointless. I think it's yeah. a market thing. Well, I mean, it's just the market. The market demands it, mate. And the manufacturers, like what we've just said, it costs no more money to them mm-hmm. to make an SUV, but they charge more money for them. So if you've got a, a C-Class, it yeah. costs Mercedes a amount of money to make. If you have a GLC, it costs them very similar money. They're loads more money new. So... They, they, they'll, just, they'll just make what the what the market dictates, and the market dictates that you have a people want SUVs, SUVs and RS badges or AMG yeah. versions. Yeah, but I think if we have this conversation when you've got two young children, like <laughs> I have, okay. as a car man, yeah, but also as a car man who wants to drive a nice car every day, that I suppose I'm I'm the target audience really. They take and every I, and, box. I, and, I, and I think if. If, if I was single, would I drive a Euros every day? No, and I'd probably, uh, 9-11, no, that's a bit obvious, but I'd probably, I wouldn't drive a Euros every day. So okay. I think they've understood the market of someone that loves cars, that needs the space, that wants to be safe, wants to be up high, but wants the dynamic ability too. And they are so dynamic now that you can have, I think we were just talking before, you can have four or five cars in one, and that that's what it gives you. So I a little bit disagree with the fact that if you were a single man, you wouldn't have one. Maybe you wouldn't, but they. I would say Lamborghini, um, BMW. They do target that one person. Not don't have to have kids, but you know, I, I know someone that's got a Urus in his early twenties. He hasn't got kids. He's got mm-hmm. no plans to have one. He just wanted a Urus because that. I think the reason. I think the reason that they're successful is because it appeals to everybody. But I totally to everyone, agree. It's not yeah. just not just for one yeah, person, yeah, yeah, is it? But I, but I do agree with yeah. you. Yeah. 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 Okay. So let's get into uh, good, bad, and ugly. No, good. Something like that. Let's talk about the word of SUV. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm a bit distracted today because I put an offer in a house this morning, and I'm literally just <laughs> waiting, waiting for my phone to ring. You can tell, can't you? <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm just literally sitting there, just staring down at my phone, going, "What are you guys talking about? I'm just waiting for some uh, estate agent to call me." But what I want to know, you thought was at the door. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I the estate agent, Sam, you've got it. I'm here to hug you. Um, but it wasn't. It was somebody else. Uh, anyway, so yeah, what I thought we'd do is address. Well, the current market, because there are so many SUVs out there, right? So, so many. And as a man with an X3 uh, M40i, who's constantly looking at maybe training Not it. for long. Yeah. <laughs> we'll sorry about what we're telling you. Don't start on this. We're going to ram him right now. <laughs> Not quite. What, have you got 60 days old? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk no, about it. Come on, hold on a second, hold on a second. But as someone who does browse every now and again at what the other options could be, there's so much out there, which, you know, just hits every single mark. So... I want favourites and I want underrated. And I, I, I've i already thought about this, so I'm putting you guys on the spot. I already know underrated. Under, okay, go on then. If you want to know underrated, launch Fa- Favourite SUV. Oh, mate, it all depends what it... I mean... No, for you, mate. For Just go personal. Oh, just for me? Yeah, we'll come back to value. I know that's your favourite. Um, Eurus. Eurus is your favourite. Okay, yeah, so yeah. all the money in the world, you go out tomorrow, you buy a Eurus. Yeah, yeah. Because that's because you know it holds, holds its value well. well the, lo, the, no, there's, lo, there's lots of things, as in, you know, it, it is just the best. It, it's it's like a supercar that you can use every day. It, it You know, you can drive it at 25 mile an hour, or you can drive it flat out, and, and it performs. It's, it's a but proper, proper... As a kit. Mr. Porsche, why are you not picking that Cayenne GT thing? Because you're going to have a shit. Okay, so there we go. So it is the fact that the euros will hold its money is what you like well, so much well, about well, it. Well, it's not, not just that. It's that fundamentally the same car, but 
uh, you know, in terms of brand, you'd rather have a Lamborghini than a Porsche. It's still, well, would it's you? still, that Porsche would still not drive out a Lamborghini. It will be fantastic C- and probably slightly dynamically better, but it won't have that inner sort of Lamborghini like passion. flair. Yeah, the passion and the flair. Yeah, the only, the only Porsches that really have character, real character, are the GT cars. So that Urus has got some character, a little bit like an SVR Sport. They've got, they've got, and a, and a G wagon. They got they they got something about them. But mm. if you if you had to pick out the three, the best one is the Urus for every scenario. So I'm assuming Andrew, you might say the same thing. What would you swap the Urus for? Okay, well the the other car that I've asked my family, it's been the best car we've ever had. Has been a long wheelbase SV Range Rover. Okay, it actually yeah, taking the dynamic side out of it as a as a car. The luxury and, and the ambience in that car was amazing. I, uh, I experienced one for the first time at Goodwood, Festival of Speed. They just let me want us to go and pot And I was like, oh my God, how have I not realised that this is a thing No before? one knows. <gasps> no one knows about them. So nice. And it just wafts along in complete opulence. Like, it's just so nice. And you say you get in the back and all the kit and everything moves and the pan roof. Very, very nice. Yeah. Okay, seats. so if you had to give up the dynamic capabilities, that would be your next yeah. go-to. And then soon change it for the new one. It's available. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to come then with a bit of a curveball. I would pick the Bentayga every day of the week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Good car. I'd pick the new Bentayga every day. I, I've always loved the Bentayga. Even when it first came out, everyone was like, ew. I was like, yes. Uh, and I don't care if it's W12 or V8. It doesn't bother me at all. I think they're both wicked. It's better. Yeah, well, the I V8's agree. lighter on its toes, isn't it? A bit better. Sounds fruitier. Like, they've always, I think, been a bit better, the V8s. But I don't really care. You could waft along, I guess, in the yeah. W12. And that's like all the details and the finish. For me, a Bentayga feels expensive. You know, inside or out, it always feels expensive. Where we've spoken about before Cullen and gets let down by some of its buttons and its functionality and for me if I jump in a Range Rover I'm always going to think oh that's, that's from the F-Type and that, well, that's the same from that XE that I borrowed for a week so Bentayga just has a bit more of a feel to it for and me. do you not find the fitted into society a bit better now when they first came out I mean I, I had one very briefly and I got lots of abuse in that car yeah. but now with everything else that's going on it just sits there on the school car park and no one even re- recognises them cha- it's all about change isn't it it was just a new it's a little bit like the stigma that's currently attached to the new M3 
people will just forget about it and it'll just be an unbelievable car. But mm. M3 was just ugly. Well, Bentayga so was, was like cu- too showy. It was too it was in ugly your- as well. I and think. ugly, yeah. 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 Do you think it was ugly? Oh, oh, yeah. I always awesome. liked it. Was, but now it's, got, now it's got interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But still- a little bit ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I won't I hear you talk about it this way. Uh, okay, so those are favourites. Which SUVs do we think are overrated? Uh, overrated? Overrated. So cars, and we've probably spoken about this a bit before, Tony, but SUVs that people go nuts for that actually aren't very good, but for some reason people just keep buying or wanting. Oh, I thought you were going to go underrated. I mean, I had one. We're, we're, getting, we're, we're, we're coming back to underrated, don't we? Yeah. We're working our way through this list. Oh my god! I mean, have you got an overrated? I've got one? two. Oh, shall I go first? Well, help he's you? planned this. Yeah. <laughs> this is what he does to me every week. Every week. Okay, yeah, right. Yeah. I'll kick things off, and it will help you create a juices flowing. First one, G wagon, Mercedes G sixty three. I think is overrated no. because no yeah, chance. Yeah, no. No, <laughs> yeah. no chance. I'm, up I'm holding my own no, here. He's deluded. I'm holding my own because what frustrates me is the last version, utter crap. Right? Terrible. Terrible. The new version came out and all the people that had bought the old one and put up with the crap for so long were like, oh my God, this one actually turns on. And they're like, it's amazing. It's so much better. It's still bad. It's still wallowy. It's still cumbersome. It's still a bit old school. And you're buying it to either have people think you're... Oh, a tiny temper's the only popular culture <laughs> reference I know. Uh, or Kim Kardashian, or, you know. I need to win it, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you know, he see over the that extension show like I have? Yeah. <laughs> now I'd realise who he is. Property developer, tiny temper. I'm pretty sure he wasn't a property developer last time I heard of him. Um, but, you know, so that's a car that I think people are buying to post on Instagram or to turn up to a club in or a restaurant in, and not because it really offers anything else. I don't think it's comfortable. I, I, I just... I understand why people buy it, but I think it's overrated. Oh, I've got one then. I've got one. Go on. Defender. Oh, cut me, cut me to the heart. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why? Because it's a fucking piece of shit. It doesn't oh. work. <laughs> well, that means no, it doesn't work. 31 <laughs> minutes, 40 seconds to bleep that out. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for giving me the extra the, work. The, the, the effing, take the effing no, out. No, no, you've done it now. Okay. To... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Defender. Defender. No, but yeah. hold on a sec. Okay, so Defender in its on-road... Use because off road that car is supposedly fantastic. So is every other Range Rover. Okay, well yes, but so, so what? So what's overrated about it? It's just it, it's it's just not that good. The the inside quality is nowhere near as good as a Sport or a Vogue. It's loads of money for what it is. And agreed. What they're fetching now? That's crazy. we were speaking about this earlier on. Bear in mind, we, you know, we buy these sort of cars. They're just bonkers, man. They're, they're just through the roof. And for the exact same reason as, of why you said the G-Wagon's overrated, it's an Instagram car, mate. The Defender? Yeah. Do you think that's true? I, I think it's a fashion statement. Yeah. Mm. I think people are buying them, to, like the were Ranger of a Sports and what have you. It's just, it's the latest fashion statement, but they're not realising. It's, is it FOMO, the fear of missing out? I yes. Mean, because yeah, yeah. everyone thinks, oh, we can't get a Defender, can't get a Defender. I must, I must buy one because everyone yeah. else has got one. Which is fine at fifty, sixty thousand, but then when you're getting up to twenty thousand pounds over list or one hundred and fifty-five, like the one we've just sold for a five-liter supercharger, one hundred and fifty-five grand, yeah. unreal, isn't it, Fred? I, so, okay, I mean, I was sort of fighting you because maybe I'm Don't fight the me. cliche. No, I do still really want one, but I have to admit, yes, they are sort of flawed. I mean, you know, when I drove that one down to Cornwall, it's not very good. It's not very practical. The doors are too heavy to get in and out of. You've got to run and leap to get in it. You know, I mean, it's all of these things, but there's still a part of me that wants it for, for yeah, what it is. And yeah, it's, it is a fashion statement. The, the yeah. Sport is so much better as a car. 
to drive. And now the same money. <laughs> yeah. the same I mean, money. Come on. At least the same what money. What about a Discovery? If you think what a Discovery can do for yeah. £20,000 less than yeah. a Defender at, at current value. For sure. Okay, yeah. so if you're a farmer and you're buying the Boggo one with Steely's, you know, base spec to use on a farm and it's just an off-road tool, do you not think that Defender will be very good and very capable? Still yeah. too much money. Still yeah. too yeah. much money, you think? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Capable. Ca- yeah. But very capable. Yeah. I-, I think it, where they're going wrong are the people who are buying them like I would to, to, <laughs> to schmooze around in London in with, you know, the 21-inch rims and the leather everywhere. Because at that point, 80 grand, you're right. There are so many better cars in terms of quality, capabilities, practicality, etc. So well, maybe you've a, got a point. It's a, it's a utility family vehicle the defender is supposed to be mm. if you if you take price into consideration which you have to when you're buying these cars i know we think about price a lot because it's our job to but actually he's bang on the, the, the discovery's a better car mm. the actual the discovery yeah. it drives better it's better finished inside it's just as practical off-road capabilities will be the same because it's still a land rover i mean i mean why why isn't everyone going mad on on discoveries Fair enough. Okay, well, the number plate. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's because of the, the number plate. Because the, the number, back plate, number yeah. plate. Yeah. That's I'll, what it is. I'll let you have it. It pains me to agree with you, but I, I do agree with you. Uh, Andrew, do you have a, an overrated car? Yeah. Well, first of all, I couldn't disagree more on the G63. Because <laughs> if I hadn't have said stop, long stop. wheelbase for my favourite, that, that new car's got really? such, oh, such personality. Great car. Do you know, it, it's endearing as a car. You roll it through a corner over 30. Not the new one. Not no the new way. one, no. See, you're no. like, oh, no, it's so much better. It's still a bit poo, though. No, no it's not. It's got personality. I'm, I'm surprised uh, at you, actually. Because you, mm, you, 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 I, I like I'm cars not. The I mean, I, no, <laughs> honestly, no, if you I, sat here every week, you wouldn't be surprised. I do <laughs> like cars. That's because Merck haven't given him one. Something in there. Well, do you know what I would, do you know what I would say is overrated? And it's not an SUV, but we could, it, it's bought by the, the, the same people. Is an RS6. Oh, wow. Oh, you're going to upset and, a, and, a lot and of people. Oh, I know that's mm. very controversial. Mm. But, you know, a, a large car with a big boot. And everyone says they're fantastic, but they're so boring to drive. They're just fast, but nothing else. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, you should stick to SUVs, boy. I mean, you've absolutely dropped a bomb there. <laughs> no, but the thing is, <laughs> I'm... just end, I, No, no, no. <laughs> There'll be a lot of people coming for blood now, but I'm not going to wholly disagree with you because I've actually... No, I've never been a big RS6 fan and I'm not a fan of the old generation. People know that, but I never know the name C, whatever. So the last one I was never really a big fan of. C7? Sure, let's go with that. Uh, I think so, yeah. I think the new one's a C8. I still haven't driven the new one, so I shouldn't wade in here. Great car. But to me, it's a bit of an obvious choice, but maybe in the same realm that I'm coming at you, Andrew, being like, oh, well, you know, why is everyone going for there? They're pointless, these super hyper SUVs. Maybe that's the same thing for that. That's just, it's an estate car, so it's more dynamic. It's better for that driver, you know, the driver-focused family man. Surely RSX is better than what, the RSQ8? Yeah, I, ju- I just think people go on about it so much because mm. it is actually a decent car, but people go on about it so much as it's, it's the car to have. But dynamically, it's not that, it's not that good. So it's not I, I would have an RSQ8 over a, over that, over, 100%. I think I would too. See, I'm not sure I would. If mm. it actually come to it and I was writing a cheque, I probably would have the RS6 over an RSQ8. If I'm honest, I probably would just, because it's less money for sure. Mm. Um, the, only thing, the only thing I will pick up on an RS6, which I don't necessarily agree with, is that they are a lot of money, mate. As in a, a four-sprung car list is one 
15. Mm. You know, that is a few quid for an estate car. Mm. And when we go back to it, we talk about it fairly often. When you look at an M5, okay, I know it hasn't got a big boot, but it's 70 grand. Yeah, and it's just difference. as good to drive. And actually, it's better to drive than a, than an RS6 as a, as a, as a machine. You haven't got the tailgate. four-wheel drive off. Yeah. Can't you? You, need you haven't yeah. got the tailgate yeah. for the dog. I haven't got the tailgate. Correct, for the dog. but you know, if it's you killer. if you if you okay, so if you compare it to an E sixty three wagon, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd have the RS six all day because that E sixty three is crashy. The infotainment system's fussy. When you say crashy, just clarify that for a second because I think I know what you mean. It's but too bumpy. Yeah, it doesn't too, cr- it doesn't crash regularly. It, it, yeah, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> sit on the road properly. <laughs> I knew what, I knew what you meant to say. But, you know, it just always crashes whenever we get it. Well, we veered off slightly but I, I get where you're coming from because I think if you're talking about the SUV market especially the super SUV market you kind of have to address RS6 E63 has anyone experienced this while we go on this tangent the A6 Allroad the Vor- yeah. like the, the big Vorspring A- previous have, generation so yeah, I, but there's a new as one well. as well there's a new one which has you know, got the same looks as the I just always see them I'm like what a cool looking thing but I guess they don't get very powerful engines. Oh, it's so boring Will to it drive. be boring? Oh. Will it be oh, okay. It'd be like Munich I nearly sent you a link saying mate can you get me one of these? Oh, <laughs> no. I wouldn't have replied I'd have left you on blue tick <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had a blue tick mate um, So okay well let's let's come back to it uh, you, Tony you mentioned you want to do underrated I've got more topics to come but under uh, sorry, more categories to come but underrated you were foaming at the mouth to do an underrated car And the end reason why I thought about this I've got this one of these coming in to stop. How can we do Andrew, welcome to the regular format of the podcast. All the cars we talk about are the cars that Tony's got to car sales.com. Yeah, <laughs> Org. So- <laughs> um, the Alpha Stelvio. Oh, hello. Quadrifolio or just standard? The Quadrifolio, the yes. Larry one. But I think underrated because no that? one bought them. What a car? Well, I haven't driven one. Is it good? <gasps> oh, oh, mate, it's very good. It's yeah. Very, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's it's a Julia Quattrofolio on stilts. Jacked up, and we yeah. know how good the Julia Quattrofolio. I mean, we're big mm. fans. I hopefully you agree on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, agree. Uh, we're huge. Actually, you have a very nice one in stock at the moment, a Julia Quattrofolio. Oh, yeah, yes. I've seen Thank it on the you. website. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I just you know. You always sell them as back. well, don't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. Every time we get one, I'm in the fly out the door. They're just good. Yeah. So Stelvio, Stelvio Quattrofolio. I say, I just you never see them on the roads. No. But it's the same thing as Julia Quadrifoglio. You say, oh, you know, they're underrated. And we hark on about this week in, week out. I think Stelvio's, I get a lot of messages online, people saying, get a Stelvio Quadrifoglio, it's perfect. But no one buys them. And I, I don't think I would buy one. Well, I hope someone buys my one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. Uh, they, I don't think they look as good. I don't think they look that good. I think they look too short and stubby, personally. The wheels don't fill the arches, do they? Yeah, like... All Italian cars are like that. Look, apart from the Urus, but look at Hurricanes, look at Ferraris. They never fill the arches. All Italian cars are the same. They've always got that great big gap. Maybe. Whereas German cars, they just sit nicer in general. And you've always got that issue, which is when you're at that level, when you're spending that kind of money on an SUV, which has got to tick all these boxes, infotainment and tech is such a pivotal and important part. It's why I went in on the DBX so much because they're like, you are right at the top end of this market. Terrible and for car. me, the Don't infotainment me system, yeah, oh, just, okay, well, we'll come back to that. that sounds Have fun. you got one of them in stock? Uh, Have you got one? Uh, I bet yes, you I shouldn't uh, be saying that. Yeah. No, 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 it's, yeah. it's fine yeah. because I slag my own cars off all the time. <laughs> yeah. I've got in stock, going on them all the time. It's each to their own, isn't it? But yeah, I think, yeah. So yeah, Stelvio unfortunately is let down by its tech and its infotainment. You know, it, it's not up there in that class, that price class. So again, when you start looking at it, you're going to go, well, maybe I'll go German or or something else because 
yeah, I just don't think it can live up there. So I get where you're coming from, but I think with reason it, it gets overlooked. Mm. It, it, well, mainly because of the terrible infotainment system inside, yeah, you know. As we just said, yeah, yeah. everything German just works, doesn't it? Mm. So, uh, Andrew, underrated? Well, do you know what? Bentega. Oh, Bentega is yeah. an underrated car. I agree. It's, the, it's, it's been one of the few that's never gone silly over list. You know, not normally when a manufacturer brings out a new SUV because it was quarter of a million pound new anyway. Yeah. It was a load well, of yeah, money. But now, under 200 grand, which is what they are, everything's 200, you know. You can get of, first gens under 100 grand. I look. <laughs> what, Alexander's prestige? <laughs> yeah, hello. <laughs> you know, and it's amazing as well now, Bentley in, in general, I, I know we're riding a really stupid wave at the moment in terms of used car prices, but Bentleys in general, two years ago, would instantly lose 100 grand mm. in value, wouldn't they? And now, I mean, that Continental, Continental as well. Continental GT is what an unbelievable <gasps> car. But it's get, a lot of money. This episode wasn't, uh, the plan of this episode was not to highlight all of Alexander's stock. But <laughs> again, because I, I, looked, I looked at your website last night just to see if there's things we could talk about. That You've got a purple Continental GT. Well, we have. <gasps> oh, you had it already? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, fine. There you go. Um, yeah. But you're right. Continental GTs, because that is a car that I lust. It's not a YouTube car tour, and it's a car that I would just have and not tell anyone about, because it's just the best. And they just don't come down. Even the last generation, they're still up at 80, 90 grand. Well, uh, well, the, what you're alluding to, they, they do come down to start with. Sorry, and okay, then sure. And, and, and then, then they they're level. Yeah. 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 Apart from at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Apart, apart from yeah. at the moment. But that, that normally, in general, they'll lose like, 80 grand in the first two years mm-hmm. and then they level off yeah. but this generation hasn't but that's because of the stupid bonkers times we're in at the moment yeah, fair oh, is that where they've done the same yeah. yeah okay so Ben Tager I'm with you I'll come real left field then Maserati Levante I've got one of them <gasps> <laughs> Guys, I'm just here to help you both out, okay? I'm just here to sell your stock for you. I'll be sending commission invoices next week. Um, Interesting. So, yeah. but I would have to say the spicy Levantes, because so what have you got in? I've got the, uh, it's actually really rare. The, it's, the, it's the three litre S petrol. The, is that a V6? The V6? Yes, yes. V6 okay, fine. S. Yeah, so the V6 or the very rare V8 one. Yeah. Trofeo. The Trofeo, Trofeo which, yeah, I mean, you yeah, just yeah. like there again, you don't see them, but... Actually, what a looker of a car, I I think. Mad presence, looks way more expensive than it is. You know, nice to drive. Have you seen the price of a Trofeo before you say that? No, what's the price? Levante, yes, but not Trofeo. Oh, why? What are they? What were they? They start at £125,000. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe leave that one on the twice, side. <laughs> twice as much as the diesel and petrol. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so it's yeah. stupid. But that but is like the... It. Is it the... 488 engine or the no the Cali T engine or something like that right in the yeah I think it's the yeah. Cali T yeah. no, uh, yeah it's a V8 it's, a V8. Yeah, it's the yeah, turbo it's a V8, V8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah um okay so so yeah the V6 one because yeah it does a lot again a car that's let down by its infotainment because it must be the Chrysler I guess yeah, the American yeah, yeah. infotainment system but really really nice bits of kit good to drive lovely to look at you park on your driveway someone's going oh you don't know like a Maserati yeah, yeah. they got status as well a bit like a Range Rover like if you've got a Maserati mm. it's almost like you don't need to ask anything else. Yeah, all right. Well oh, done. Yeah, well, you're doing all right, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, fair. So I'm glad that we all found cars that we agreed on there. 46,990, my car. <laughs> <laughs> link below. I like it, I like it. As every week, link below. Oh, someone's calling me. Maybe that's the estate agent. Okay. Oh, that could be the man changing my tyre. Hold on a second. Can I tell you, uh, so Sam keeps getting punches on these cars, right? And I know why. He says he can't work it out because they're run flats. Have you noticed that? Run flat. BMW tyres, they always get nails in them. Have you noticed that? 
Is this a, is it, are we going somewhere with this? No, no, no. I'm just asking you a question because Sam's over there. Well, uh, no, what do you think you'd get a nail in the tie whether it was run flat or not, though? No, no, no. But in general, I think, and I've noticed over the years as well, that BMW run flat tyres just pick up nails. Well, really? Und- yes. Uh, horrifically so. So I've got to go downstairs right now to sort out quick fit. Whilst I'm doing that, uh, I want to think best SUV sub 75 grand. Bit of consumer advice. So what are, we, the are, chat. are we pausing or are we going to talk? Right. Best SUV, what do you say? Sub 75. Oh, Range Rover Sport, man. Yeah? Uh, that's a good, yeah, good car. Sub 74. Oh, I'm going to think about that. Now, new or used, though? There's a thing. Uh, uh, to buy today or. Uh, yeah, to buy, I would say in the used market today. I mean, there's a few, but if I had 75 grand to go and buy a car today and it was a used car, I don't know why, because they don't work. But I'd always say Range Rover Sport. Yeah, Me. Uh, they, they are a good car. Yeah. 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 Q7. Mm, good car, practical, but they're not interesting to drive, are they? Mm, what about the GL? Is it the GLE? Yeah, same thing, isn't it? They're all the same, aren't they? I mean, your world's your oyster, really, but I, I would always just say that the, that the Range Rover is, I don't know. I don't know. They're like 90 grand nearly new, a three-litre diesel Range Rover, especially an autobiography one. Yeah. You can pick one on the used market for... 55, 60 grand, two-year-old one. It's, the, 9 ele- it's the 911s, isn't it, of of SUVs. A Range Rover Sport ticks many, many boxes, doesn't it? Is I'd that say what we've settled that's, on? That's, that's yeah. what I would say, yeah. yeah. Uh, any particular engine? The three-litre diesel for me. Three-litre diesel. Yeah, I mean, that's a great engine. Yeah. yeah. I like the SDV8. Oi, oi. Yeah, no one buys that. <laughs> no, but I would, because it sounds yeah. fruity well, as hell. Well, they no more money than a three-litre, are they? Which is Not always, the always a, yeah, on, yeah, it always amazes me. Uh, it's... I'm assuming you just said it's kind of like the easy go-to car, right? Ticks all the boxes, is sort of semi-classless, does everything. Does everything. Yeah. Do you know things are a tiny bit boring, though, because of that? The whole lot, uh, in, that, in that whole market, mate, we just said Q7 and GLE yeah. as well. I mean, they're all boring. I mean, but you can get some free bits. So let's let's look at McCann for a second, because that's kind of where I would. It's the most obvious and boring choice thing, because everyone goes for it. I actually have struggled with McCanns over the years, because I think it's a bit like, duh, but. GTS, a GTS McCann, that's, that's a fruity bit of kit. Yeah. That's got to be there, yeah. yeah. It's not as practical as the Sport, though. Uh, really? What, less boot space? It's not as big, they're is it? Small, that's why I, I wouldn't have them. They're a small car. Yeah. Yeah, they're not a big car, are they? If you've got a family, it's, I think it's fine as a second car. Hoards its money well, though. They do, yeah. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. the other thing, you know, I think in this space, you know, you can get some overpriced stuff. You know, my... my uh, M40i, I think, knew it was like a nearly, uh, over a 60 grand car, something like that. You know, that that's expensive when it comes out. If you're buying that from factory, mm. that's a lot of money. And, okay, fine, if you're buying them used, great value, as they will soon be, or maybe one will be available via Gravelwood Oil. Let's see. Let's see. Whoever who, gives the most money yeah. back. <laughs> We've got a bidding war at the end of this. But, so, so yeah, and the value's got to come into it. So a few of those other cars that I think, you know, represent, so yeah, McCann GTS, um, Something that I... Uh, what was the car that I was looking at the other day that I saw that I thought was a great steal? Oh, oh no, Audi RSQ3. <gasps> not a great steal because a lot of money, but I really like that. Yeah, that's not a good car for some Oh, really? Is it not a good I don't think so. Both no. of you know. No. I, I honestly think no? driving capability-wise, if I'm going to say a Sport, and if you want something more reliable than a Sport, I'd have an X5. 
Oh, well, you're yeah, in an X5 yeah. today, aren't you? I mean, yeah. what a car that is. The car that mm. I've got has got an air suspension, so it's the same similar setup to a Sport, which is why Sports always drive nice, Range Rover Sports. Nice and Air suspension, yeah. yeah. But an X5 of air suspension, flipping hell, it's easy, it's good, and, and it won't go wrong. That latest model is very good, isn't very it? Very good Very car. good car. Great value for money now. Yeah, yeah You yeah, look yeah. fantastic. Yeah, they do, yeah. 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 Okay, so did I interrupt? Was there, did, Andrew, did you pick a... Uh, best car sub well, seventy five. Yeah, it was I, a general. I agree with Tony on yeah. that one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So final category then. What would you replace my X three M forty I with? <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you the criteria. Okay. So I'm at four fifty a month. I think monthly payments. I could increase that. So let's say we're talking about the, I guess what fifty five to seventy grand bracket. Let's say I think for cars to buy, it's got to be. Practical and usable, so SUV for sure. Not too big. I don't want a huge, massive Cayenne thing. Like, you know, good size, got to park it in London. Sound good and fast, but doesn't need to be outrageous, you know. So, but it's got to sound good and fast. Uh, great tech, need tech, because the BMW infotainment, unbelievable. And what you else do I need? want to be at 450 a month. No, no, I, I can increase from there. Oh, but, I'm, but I'm saying, no, <laughs> it's, but I'm talking about value. So my car, I think, represents insane value at that price point, mm. right? Like you can't get many other cars at 450 that do what that X3 does. Nope. So whatever you suggest needs to represent a similar kind of thing. It's, it's basically, it's an impossible thing to answer, but I'm intrigued to hear what you would both- Shall I go? Yes, you go. go on. Do you know what I think? Oh God, here we go. <laughs> and, it's, and it's a bit obvious because of- Eurus. <laughs> <laughs> Half a euros. Yeah. Is it is it an F pace SVR? Oh, I said I that to you yesterday. Mm. Yeah, and the reason I say that is it, it isn't it isn't too big. It's mm-hmm. X, X good size X four size. It's got the five liter supercharger engine, which in anyone's money is one of the best engines ever made. Sounds amazing because it's yep. got fair. That SVR tone, hasn't it? Sure. Infotainment, mm. it's there or thereabouts. You yeah, know, it's yeah. Not, it's not Italian, is it? It's, it? When it's working, it's still fine. And I and I think actually not many people think about that car. It's, right. it's a little bit under the radar, isn't it? Do they hold their value relatively well? Well, if you buy it as a used car, yeah. it will be under sixty thousand. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good, good, good shout. It's yeah. a good. You know, I don't know why I hadn't really. Thought, you did say that last night, but I thought you were talking about the new one. I kind of well, obviously. I yeah, I know you were. <laughs> Is that what you'd still go for? No. No. Okay. Go on. What would you? X three M. X three M. Yes. In terms of value, if you if you if you're happy with the car you've got. By the way, I don't think you should change. Okay. I think, but, but, but like wrapping a red car red. Who's if done you, that? If you, if ri- you, yeah, <laughs> I, I did that. <laughs> I, wrapped, I wrapped my old red F type red. <laughs> it was a slightly different shade. No, he's not all there. Do we need to come back to that? No, no, <laughs> we can leave that. We've out. done that bit. Um, yeah, if you, if if you're if the car that you've you're happy with the car that you've got mm. for not a lot more money. You could just have the step-up version. Gives it a bit more fruitiness. Yeah. A bit more shouty. And it is a good car. It's an M car on stilts. Yeah. Free, bad back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think Vicky will be a little bit upset, but if I just but told her- it is her, crashy. It's not good, like I said. Just stop saying crashy, mate. It's the wrong word. It's like brittle or-, it's or bumpy. Bri- yeah, it's, bumpy, it's, bumpy, it's, not it's crashy. It's uncomfortable. It's, it's not- An F-type will drive down the road loads nicer than I think than you're that. right. It's a bit like that- um, GLC 63 as well. Same thing, mm. and it? it's really bumpy. And-, and they skip. Have you noticed the AMG yeah. four wheel drive AMG product at low speeds? The skip really yeah, yeah. like a 911. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Ah, interesting. Yeah, because you get that sort of a brutalness from the wheels, the don't you? Different, doesn't it? Ah, okay. Right now, clearly Twiggy's bored because she's been coming to each of us trying to get on our laps. So uh, to wrap things up, let's just come back to a very juicy topic. Why do we all hate the DBX? <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, <laughs> Style over content, okay. like any Aston Martin. Yes. Uh, and, and I think with 
the Euros, for example, or even a Bentega, for example, they've got they've they've got Porsche, Audi, Audi bit, bits and pieces in them, and then they make them better. Mm-hmm. The DBX has got Mercedes parts in it, and they've just made it worse. Oh! <laughs> it's true, mate. It's absolutely bang on. But the thing is, so I, I don't know why I'm going to try and uh, save the DBX here because I've been as rude about it as all of us have. Isn't that what all Astons do? Isn't that sort of almost the Aston charm that you don't buy it for even necessarily the dynamic capabilities compared to its rivals or the sort of in-car entertainment compared to its rivals, but the style, the looks, the feel they weigh, they make you feel can outweigh those flaws? I think that's fine if you're not driving it every day. You know, if it's your Sunday car, you can put it, but your everyday car, Mm. you can't put up with things. And it is a good car. Actually, I will say it's a good car. But you've got to compare it to an SVR. And, but an SVR's at list is £100,000 cheaper. Yeah. So, and I think that's its problem. It, it's competing at £200,000 level, but it should be competing at £100,000 level. That's, that's when it would work. As a used car, it'll be great. Yes. It's not a, ba- it's not a, it's not a bad car. It's not a bad... And it it's, does what Aston does, where you're going to have something slightly different and unique on the on the uh, driveway, and people go, oh, I've got an Aston, and it's got that style. It's I don't love the design, but it's got something... Like, when I see them on the road, I go, oh, yeah, it's DBX. Yeah. So I definitely notice them. Uh, it's just for me, yeah, as a new car, when you're pitching it against, you know, Bentegas and stuff at that level, I would just always feel let down. But maybe if you're an old school Aston owner or you're prepared to put up with those flaws, maybe you're going to end up very happy, but I just don't think it can, I don't think it's there. I don't think it can compete with some of its rivals. I mean, we're in 2021, about to go into 2022. How can you spend 200 grand on a car and be prepared not to be happy? I mean, (sighs) I mean, it's just not good enough, mate. I think that, I think you're absolutely right. And I I feel so sorry for Aston because it was supposed to be their saviour, wasn't it? I don't feel sorry for them at all. I feel frustrated for them. As many, as many like Cayenne saved Porsche at the time and what have you. I I really hoped it was going to save Aston Martin, but it's, it's just not good enough for the new price. Like you said as well, like they were given the chance to make a proper bit of kit. You know, it's got that Merc engine in it. You know, and like you said, they've made it worse. Yeah. You, you, yeah, it's, it, it is It is a letdown, unfortunately. But, heck, if it drops like a brick ton and it's 75, 80 grand, maybe it's a cool car. I mean, I don't know if it's ever going to get that Even low. Early hundreds. But Even, yeah, uh, early hundreds, yeah, it's fine. Fair. Yeah, yeah, fair. It's just a bit overpriced. But anyway, I wanted, wanted to get that out. Um, so, look, Andrew, thank you so much for driving all the way down here. It's been a pleasure. It, it's been great. Um, I, I'm now going to go and search Autotrader or, or look at both of your websites for some potential X3 replacements. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, it's been fantastic. If you guys ever want to check out uh, the stock that Alexander's have got in, uh, head over to their lovely website. Um, I'm sure I'll be back up with you not too long uh, making some more content. Uh, of course, Tony also has things like a Levante in stock, which is <laughs> Anastelvio, these keen for people to buy. Uh, so you can go over to Gravelwood Car Sales. Uh, if you want to follow either of them, I'll put links to their social media pages below. If you want to follow me, I'm at Seen Through Glass on most social media play- pages. And we'll be back with you next week for another episode. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.